Bismillahirrahmanirrahim In the name of Allah Most gracious Most merciful Islam the path to God By Susan Hanif The divine decree While this is the last of Islam's articles of faith It is of the greatest importance for our lives It can be summed up in one brief, comprehensive sentence. All things, both good and evil, proceed from God Most High. But what does this actually mean? In summary, this statement tells us that all things proceed from a single, unified will and command, God's. Nothing is outside it. As God is one so all things are part of a great integrated whole that proceeds from his oneness good is part of his plan and so is evil or what seems evil to our limited perspective consequently 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 whatever happens has been permitted and decreed by god conversely if something does not happen it is because he did not permit it or decree it thus he instructs his beloved prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam may the blessings and peace be upon him to say nothing can happen to us except what god has decreed for us he is our protector and let the believers put their trust in god chapter 9 verse 51 Understanding suffering and evil This matter poses an extremely difficult problem for a great many people On the one hand God asks us to believe that he is infinitely loving perfectly just and endlessly merciful and compassionate but at the same time he permits evil to thrive and the most horrible things to happen often to the most innocent or best people how are we to make sense out of this we've all heard of people who questioned or lost their faith when faced with severe difficulties or calamities for themselves their loved ones their nation at such a time one may feel that if god were really there and cared he would not have allowed such awful things to happen or evil to flourish unchecked the obvious conclusion to be drawn from such a line of reasoning is either that god does not exist or he does he is completely indifferent to human suffering god forbid if we put ourselves into the mind of a person who has just passed through some horrendous personal calamity his thinking might be something like the following where was god while all this was happening to me and how could he have let it happen and why me what did i do to deserve it i am not really a bad person so why would god do this to me and he feels let down betrayed God should have done something to stop this catastrophe he thinks 
The trust he formerly felt in the goodness, stability, and predictability of life of God himself has been shattered. Even if at some later time things return to normal, or even to a state of high happiness, the fear and uncertainty may continue to haunt him. Hence, when calamities come, people who think like this either lose their faith or become so angry and bitter toward God that they stop having any dealings with him. Such a surge of doubt and despair within the heart of a person who is going through a a difficult test is documented in several verses of the Quran, such as the following. The human being does not tire of praying for good, and if evil touches him, he is despairing hopeless. Chapter 41, verse 49, also chapter 11, verses 9 to 11, also chapter 17, verse 83, also 30, chapter 30, verses 36 and 37. So there are many verses. But such attitudes are based on an incorrect understanding of things. God is not our servant or nurse made to give us whatever we want whenever we ask for it. He is God, the all-knowing, all-wise, all-powerful, controller of all things in existence, who is aware of the minutest parts of his creation as well as the whole. His attributes, his will, and his divine plan are perfect. His attributes, his will, and his divine plan are perfect. And the individual destiny of each one of us is inseparably connected to and interwoven with the whole of this immense cosmic plan. What we must realize is that God's existence and his perfect attributes do not depend on anything that happens or does not happen to any part of his creation. For example, if everything suddenly ceased to exist except God himself, for example, if everything suddenly ceased to exist except God himself, would God have changed as a result? Obviously not, for he is God, the masterless master, the masterless master of all creation. Consequently, created things can never be taken as the measure of criterion of God and his workings. No matter what calamities may occur uh, may occur in some parts of the earth or to individual people, God remains as he always was, and he will continue to be so for all eternity. Despite suffering and evil on, on the earth, his endless glory and greatness continue to be manifested throughout his creation, the sun, the moon, the stars, uh, the sun, moon, and stars keep to uh, to their appointed orbits. The mountains stand firm in their places. The waves of the oceans continue on their endless rolling course. Birds still fly. Flowers go on blooming. And each human soul moves towards its final destiny. From this, it becomes clear that the two negative conclusions mentioned above, that either God does not exist or if he does, he is indifferent to human pain, are incorrect. 
The existence of creation proves that the Creator must exist, and His answers to prayers, His ever-present help and support to His servants demonstrates that He is always with us and is not indifferent to anything which affects us. Indeed, He reaches out to us and gently calls us back to Himself, saying, O you human creature, what has made you heedless of your Lord? the most generous who created you, then fashioned you, then proportioned you. Uh, chapter 82, verses 6 and 7. But we must accept, but we must accept the fact that God created a universe which operates according to established laws, both physical and spiritual laws, which take effect regardless of who is involved. If in the operation of these laws, something happens that hurts one of his servants. It does not negate God's existence, power, or his infinite goodness in the least. As for the existence of evil, it is an integral part of the divine plan. The all-wise, all-knowing Lord, the all-wise, all-knowing Lord made Satan as a test for his servants permitting him to carry on his mischievous activities without hindrance. And while God has promised that Satan will never be given power over his sincere obedient servants, a great many people perhaps today more than ever respond to his call. Using their freedom of choice, they choose evil and thereby and thereby become workers for Satan's cause in contrast to the firm committed workers for God who steadfastly refuse to cooperate with and become part of evil in any form. But even, though, but even though God may permit those who choose evil to flourish for a while, the divine judgment and punishment must fall upon them as a result, either in this life or in the hereafter or both. The problem for us when faced with calamities lies in the fact that we know that it is God who permitted our suffering. Consequently, if we allow bitterness and resentment to rule our inner state, we often end up blaming him for our troubles. At the same time, in our uh, helplessness, we are obliged to recognize that as he brought our affliction upon us, he is the only one who can remove it. Moreover, he is also the one who helps, supports, and comforts us throughout it. Therefore, it is essential to always keep one thing in mind, in the mindset of a crisis. Uh, sorry. Uh, therefore, it is essential to always keep one thing in mind, in the midst of a crisis, that only God knows the ultimate destiny of each part of his creation, and that his plan for it, including ourselves, is perfect, while we know only our immediate situation. Therefore, coming to terms with the reality requires that we recognize first that God Almighty is the sole arrange, arranger of our lives. He is the sole arranger of our lives. Second, that life is made up of tests. And third, that every test is arranged by divine wisdom. The divine wisdom of tests and trials. Understanding and accepting that tests and trials are going to come, must come to all, is the first step in reconciliation with God if some calamity has alienated us from Him. 
again. Understanding and accepting that tests and trials are going to come, must come to all, is the first step in reconciliation with God if some calamity has alienated us from Him. We shall surely test you. Chapter 2, verse 155. Our Lord declares, But it's also important to understand that tests consist not only of suffering and difficulties. In actuality, they consist of everything in our lives. Tests lie hidden even in what is most dear to us, our spouses, our children, our possessions. And each test is different and tailored uniquely and tailored uniquely to ourselves. As God says, it is he who has made you stewards on the earth and has raised some of you in ranks above others in order to test you in what he has given you. Quran chapter 6 verse 165. The river of humanity continues to run toward its Lord and as it runs, tests run with it, alternating, uh, alternating tests of hardship and tests of ease. Again, the river of humanity continues to run toward its Lord and as a tur and as it runs and as it runs tests run with it alternating tests of hardship and tests of ease if God gives us good health power status wealth peace happiness and pleasure we are tested just as much by our good circumstances as the suffering person is tested by his misfortunes misery losses and deep inner agony and our lord is looking to see what we do with his manifold favors or with the searing pain with the searing pain that he sends us this is the meaning of his words if a wound has touched you other people have been touched by a wound like it. For such are the days of varying fortunes which we alternate among mankind. Or do you suppose that you will enter paradise while God does not know those among you who strive or know the patient? Chapter 3, verse 140 uh, or one, and 142. Also, you find this in chapter 2. Uh, verse 214 why God sends us a particular test whether it happens to consist of inheriting 10 million dollars or losing everything we have of possessing uh, radiant health or being struck down by a critical illness of building a stately mansion <coughs> of building a stately mansion or having our home leveled by a hurricane of seeing a loved one live to a ripe, a ripe old age or become the early victim of violence, we cannot know. Nonetheless, our trusting God gives us the certainty that this test must be useful and beneficial for us in some way or the other. <coughs> Again, why God sends us a particular test, whether it happens to consist of inheriting whether it happens to uh, consist uh, of inheriting 10 million dollars or losing everything we have 
or of possessing radiant health or being struck down by critical illness, of building a stately mansion or having our home leveled by hurricane, of seeing a loved one live to a ripe old age or become the early victim of violence, we cannot know. Nonetheless, our trust in God gives us the certainty that this test must be useful and beneficial for us in some way or the other. Islam teaches us that tests uh, serve very important purposes. The first is to remove from us the burden of some of our sins, the filth which has accumulated on our hearts during this life. For none of us can enter paradise and come into the divine presence with the dirt of this life upon us. In order to come to our Lord, we must be clean. And God informs us through his blessed prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, may the blessings and peace be upon him. He informed us that any suffering we experience serves as a means of cleansing us of our sins. The second purpose of this is to give us high ranks in the life to come, ranks that we could never attain through a life without troubles. So, while Muslims suffer pain and hurt just as much as anyone else, we possess the certainty that everything God sends us has a beneficial purpose and outcome, both for cleaning us and for raising our ranks. Another point must not be overlooked. The same situation which is a test for the one who is experiencing it is often a test for those close to him or her. For example, the parents of a child dying of cancer may suffer as much or more than the child itself. Many of us who witness and work with the victims of calamities share their sufferings so that the sufferer's pain is part of our test too. Hence, the same criteria can be applied to those who share in test as to the immediate individual who is tested. Being successful in passing tests requires two things unending patience and deep unwavering trust in God. When difficulties come, anger, resentment, bitterness and complaints can only add to our problems. What helps is surrendering instead of fighting and exercising firmness, patience, steadfastness and self-control. What brings uh, consolation is remembering and crying out to the very one who sent us this difficulty who is also the only one who is able to take it away. Then flee to God, chapter 51, verse 50. Our Lord advises, for there is no refuge from God except in Him, chapter 9, verse 118. Because our vision is limited, we are seldom able to see the divine wisdom in a calamity at the time it strikes us or those we love, whose tests we share. But perhaps uh, years later, we may be able to realize the good that it brought us terrible, though it seemed at the time. For sometimes we have to pass through a very narrow uh, passageway in order to reach a broader, more spacious uh, territory. At the very least, on the day of judgment, we will come to know the blessing of that calamity as it took away from us the burden of many of our sins and raised us to a high rank in the divine presence. Putting it all into perspective. Since God's will is over our own personal wills, 
It is a permanent, unchangeable reality that he can do with us whatever he sees fit. But because most of us do not trust in his will, we scramble around, desperately trying to control and manage our own destinies with whatever resources we have at our disposal. We are convinced that we know what's best for ourselves and can do it better than anyone else, especially God, the mysterious, hidden, unseen being who may uh, spring unwanted surprises on us. So we do so we do whatever seems right to us at the time sometimes getting our way and achieving our goals and at other times making this that or the other mistake with our lives rarely are we sufficiently surrendered to trust god's choices for us to be correct rather than our own often wrong ones Only when we recognize and accept our Lord's divine will as being above and uh, superior uh, to our own do we feel secure in the knowledge that he will lead us to the best possible outcome and destiny. Islam is often accused of encouraging fatalism or passiveness, but this is due to an incorrect understanding. Passiveness is not part of the Islamic way, rather acceptance Uh, Passiveness is not part of the Islamic way, rather acceptance and surrender are. From our side, we must take whatever positive action we can to deal with the problems and help ourselves. Nevertheless, when our Lord decrees that our path takes us through troubles, sufferings or evil, including the worst imaginable scenarios, we have confidence that the ultimate outcome will be good either during this life or in the hereafter, and hopefully in both. For our Lord is the trustworthy one, Al-Amin. For our Lord is the trustworthy one, and he will not betray our trust in him. Instead, he will reward it and bring us through our test in safety. In short, we have trust in him, as our Lord to do what is best for us. If this is what he wants for me, we may say I accept it and will try to be patient according to his words. According to his words, by time truly the human being is in a state of loss, of loss accepting those who believe and do righteous deeds and counsel one another of truth and counsel one another of patience. Chapter 103 Verses 1 to 3. In the following verse of his all-wise Quran, God concisely summarizes for us the true meaning of the divine decree, declaring that no calamity befalls on the earth or within yourselves without its being in a book of decrees before we bring it into existence. That is surely easy for God in order that you may not grieve over what has past you by nor uh, by nor exult over what has been given to you that is surely easy for god in order that you may not grieve over what has passed you by nor uh, what has passed you by nor exult over what has been given to you chapter 57 verses 22 and 23 This understanding is endlessly reassuring. Due to it, 
Even under the most difficult tests, the convinced Muslim's trust and reliance upon God rarely falls apart and uh, prohibited props such as alcohol or drugs or the awful sin of taking one's own life are seldom resorted to. Rather, Muslims use prayer, reading the Quran, and the remembrance of God, dhikr or dhikrullah, as their primary solace and source of strength, as our Lord advises in this verse, and the meaning of which, O you who believe, seek help with patience and a prayer, salat, surely God is with the patient, <coughs> surely God is with the patient, and we shall certainly test you with something of fear and hunger and loss of wealth and lives and fruits, but give good news to the patient, those who, when a calamity strikes them, say, surely we belong to God, and to him we shall return. Those are the ones upon whom are blessings from their Lord and mercy, and those are the rightly guided. Chapter 2, verses 153 to 157. Belief in the divine decree is therefore a statement of confidence in God's infinite wisdom and knowledge and the absolute perfection and purposefulness of his divine plan. It is not fatalism, pacifism, or resignation. Rather, it is the essential component of a Muslim's trust reliance upon the submission. Sorry, rather, it is the essential component of a Muslim's trust reliance upon and submission to God's will as it manifests itself. Put another way, it is an understanding that regardless of what human beings may, may will, God's will is the one which must prevail and a willingness to trust in and surrender to that will because it cannot be anything other than good. Again, put another way, it is an understanding that regardless of what human beings may will, God's will is the one which must prevail and a willingness to trust in and surrender to that will because it cannot be anything other than good. And whoever is mindful of God, he will make a way out of his difficulties for him and will provide for him from sources which he could not imagine. And whoever trusts in God, he will be sufficient for him. Chapter 65, verses 2 and 3. Alhamdulillah. Praise be to Allah.